Welcome to The Refresh from Insider, presented by WebEx by Cisco. I'm Rebecca Ibarra. And I'm Dave Smith. It's Wednesday, April 6th, and we're bringing you real-time news, fresh like live radio, but on demand like podcasts. Here's the latest. Newly released emails from within NASA show the space agency is facing mounting pressure from its LGBTQ employees to rename the James Webb Space Telescope. Launched in December, the telescope is named after James Webb, the head of NASA in the 60s. But Webb had a long history of targeting and firing LGBTQ employees. In the internal emails obtained by the journal Nature, workers say the naming is painful and wrong. A controversial bill that would make abortion almost completely illegal in Oklahoma has passed in the state's house with little discussion and no debate, according to the AP. The bill already passed the Senate and GOP Governor Kevin Stitt is expected to sign it. Under the new law, performing an abortion, unless it's to save the life of the mother, would become a felony in Oklahoma and doctors could face up to 10 years in prison and a $100,000 fine. Russian bonds may sound like a boring subject, but just stay with me, okay? Russia says it has made a $650 million payout on its foreign debt, but it made the payment in rubles, not dollars, like it was supposed to. That's because the U.S. just froze Russia's access to its American bank accounts as part of sanctions. Moscow says its obligations have now been met in full. But if international bondholders won't accept rubles, Russia could be in default on its foreign debt for the first time in a century. Last week, the FDA gave the go-ahead for a fourth dose of the COVID vaccine for people 50 and older. Now, a large study out of Israel indicates that a second booster helps fight infection from the more contagious Omicron variant, but only for about a month. And its effectiveness seems to be gone entirely by eight weeks. The study focused on the Pfizer booster and adults 60 and older. Twitter says it's working on that edit button people have been begging for since, well, forever. The social network assures folks it has nothing to do with the company's new board member and largest shareholder, Elon Musk, who recently polled his more than 80 million followers on whether they wanted the feature. Spoiler alert, they totally, totally do. Twitter says it'll test the feature in its paid service called Twitter Blue, but some people worry an edit button would change the nature of Twitter, which is seen as a historical record in many ways. We're updating those headlines as news happens until 1 p.m. Eastern, so keep checking in. We'd also love to hear from you. Email us at therefreshatinsider.com. And coming up, turning your social media side hustle into a full-time job. WebEx is driving hybrid work by ensuring almost anyone, almost anywhere, can be seen, heard, and have the ability to contribute equally. Learn more at webex.com slash hybrid work. One romance novelist took the age-old advice, write what you know, perhaps a little too seriously. Nancy Crampton Brophy, who wrote a self-published essay titled How to Murder Your Husband, is on trial for, well, murdering her husband in Oregon. She was arrested and charged back in 2018 for shooting and killing her spouse, Daniel. Brophy has pleaded not guilty. The judge says her essay cannot be submitted as evidence. 
A 30-year-old cold case has finally been solved. Harry Edward Greenwell has been identified as the I-65 killer who murdered at least three women and sexually assaulted another. All were motel clerks along the Interstate 65 corridor in Kentucky and Indiana between 1963 and 1998. Investigators were able to match DNA found at the crime scenes with one of Greenwell's family members in a genealogy database. Greenwell had a long rap sheet filled with arrests for burglary and robberies. He died in 2013 at 68 years old. If the main thing holding you back from buying an electric car is the steep price, just hold on for like five more years. General Motors and Honda say they plan on selling a series of affordable electric vehicles starting in 2027. Executives from both companies say their partnership will yield a new electric car that's even cheaper than the $30,000 Chevrolet Equinox EV. More affordable options are sorely needed. According to Edmonds, the average price for a new electric car is around $60,000. Trump's net worth is up by about $600 million since he left the White House a little over a year ago, according to Forbes. A big part of that new money came from Truth Social, Trump's social media platform. Despite its extremely rocky rollout, it boosted his wealth by about $430 million. But according to the Washington Post, behind the scenes, Trump has been really unhappy with the response to Truth Social and is considering signing up for Getter, another conservative social network. Forbes just released its annual list of billionaires, and out of the seven self-made billionaires under the age of 30, four of them are Stanford dropouts. Seems like Elizabeth Holmes may have started a trend, though things didn't work out quite as well for her. So, uh, just saying. Scrolling through TikTok or YouTube, you've probably seen a lot of young people promoting their small businesses or their lifestyle brands. Greetings, Internet. Welcome back to the channel. I just woke up this morning. Hey, guys. Welcome back to my channel. I'm so excited today. Hi, everybody. It's me, Mars. Uh, Insider reporters interviewed nearly 20 of these content creators to find out how they turned their social media side hustles into full-time lucrative jobs. Emily Canal edited the project. One of my favorites from this project was Dasha Kennedy. Okay, I want to address this because this is something that I see a lot. She was making about 30000 a year as a debt counselor at a bank uh, before she transitioned to content creation, where now she's making about $202,000 a year. Your personal finance journey is yours and it is unique. So she started out you know, working in a nine to five job and just blogging about financial advice on the side. And then she hurt her foot and had to take time off to heal and kind of felt that her company made her feel disposable. And she leaned more into this project, the side project she was doing, sharing this advice that came directly from her experiences as a young black woman. And now she has a full-time business uh, making money through consulting and products she's created, like an ebook. What kind of patterns do you see among these creators? What are they doing? I think the biggest pattern here is that they stick to a real specific niche and hone in on that with every piece of content they make. For example, Emily Kim is one of the content creators we profiled in this piece. And she got started because she saw that there was no one online sharing content about fashion for mid-sized women like herself, and she didn't see anyone that mirrored her race either. 
So she went in and started creating content about dresses that fit her body that she liked. And that's how she built a following. But there's such a small threshold for success here that, I mean, can anyone do this? I don't think anyone can just do this. Obviously, it's very appealing because the hours can be flexible. You can be your own boss and you get to do things that, in essence, you love and are passionate about. But it's definitely a difficult market to break into, especially if you're trying to be a high earner. There are a lot of people who have already dominated the social media space and they have for years. So you are competing against heavyweights almost as if you were a small business trying to compete against a Google and Amazon. So you have to work very hard and you have to be able to be nimble and adjust with trends and algorithms as they come. How do you think this trend will shape the workforce? This is going to shape the workforce, in my opinion, by making it really hard for employers to attract young talent. Now that young people see that these are valid career options that bring in pretty hefty salaries and also give you the flexibility that you may want in your life, young people may not want to do the traditional nine to five jobs they saw their parents or older peers do. And I think that is really going to shape how employers try to attract and retain young talent moving forward. Emily, say I want to become a content creator or a listener wants to become one. Mm -hmm. What are the first steps I or they should take? Absolutely. The first step you should take if you want to become a content creator is finding your niche. And that's, you know, your brand. That's the subject you want to lean into. So think about the topics that are most important to you. What are you most passionate about? And then see if those holes exist in the content that's already out there. And also reach out to like-minded individuals and see if they'll be your mentor or guide you on the market as it already stands. Thanks for chatting with us, Emily. Thank you very much. Emily Canal is an editor focused on entrepreneurship and small business at Insider. We'll be updating the news until 1 p.m. Eastern, so check back for the latest headlines. Make sure to follow The Refresh from Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave a rating and review. It helps other people discover the show. You can also just tell your smart speaker to play The Refresh from Insider podcast. I'm Dave Smith. And I'm Rebecca Ibarra. Talk to you soon. Bye.